If you're listening to this episode, you probably know who Kathy Heller is already. Kathy's podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job, was ranked one of the top podcasts of 2018. Kathy is a personal friend of mine and was actually a huge inspiration for me wanting to do this show. So I was really happy she could make time to come on my show today. We talked about her personal breakthrough moment and why it's so important to be vulnerable in real life and on social media. She also shares plenty of tips about what makes a good podcast, the challenges she's had building hers, and what she's learned along the way. If you're thinking about starting your own podcast, you need to listen and take notes. I certainly did. And even if you aren't, Kathy will inspire you to become your best self. Thank you. I have the most amazing guest today, guys. I have Kathy Heller. No, Kathy Heller is the queen, the queen of all podcasts. And I am like beyond thrilled that you're here. Love you so uh, much. No, please. Did no, I, I sit at this table every day? Every day. I mean, make me any, feel twenty-two feet tall. Listen, you don't need me. You have how many? Four million people who also love you that much? We or just hit five million? Oh, that's excuse exciting. me. See, that's what I mean. Five million. Pardon me. This <laughs> girl. Started. This girl is slaying every category in podcasting, and I mean, if I can have a mentor in how to do I it right, you. it is you. I feel this way about you. My husband. I left a meeting last week. My husband's like. Text Jen to see what she thinks about that. Oh. And she wrote back and I was like, okay, I go can breathe. On. I can live my life. Go on. It is a love fest. We do actually have a love fest. I think you're incredible. Well, I mean, and you saw oh, this yeah. in me way before. Like I was the girl like just coming to LA, just starting out. And you're like, Cav, you've got the fire in you. Well, not only that, what you have, not you have fire, but you have extreme discipline, determination, and talent. Because uh, so nice. No, so I think I don't know. Very I mean, determined. Yeah. Beyond. Because this is not your first like, no, you no. know, entree into like entertainment, right? right? Like you are a super successful what people oh, maybe not so know nice. in my in my world, obviously in your world they do, is that you are an extremely talented songwriter and singer who's had a lot of success writing songs for Every, like lots of major network TV shows, commercials, like was it McDonald's? McDonald's, Walmart, Kellogg's, Keurig Coffee, Crate and Barrel, T-Mobile. See, it can go on and on and but, on. Uh, yeah, and it was great because it helped me build a little bit of a, make a living, right? Doing commerce, doing something you yeah. love, that feels good, right? Paying the bills from having fun, that's a good thing. But you had, I mean, that's also an area, like you're going to areas that are like legitimately and genuinely very, very difficult to break in and yeah. you're figuring out a way because you're super resourceful. And you see this in me because this is you. Well, we only see in other people what we have in ourselves. I, I thank you. And, and that's a that's compliment true. coming I mean, from that is the truth. Yes. And that's why when we're together, we're like, duh, 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 duh. absolutely. Like that. Yeah. I think that, like, you know, water find, people find, gravitate to what they're similar to and appreciate those things because, yes, I'm a go getter, but I seriously feel like a wallflower compared to you. And I'm not kidding because that's, that's shocking to me. Well, because. Number one, let's you just walked go. up to Keanu Reeves when you were 18, 19 years old, and you're like, listen, I need I need you to not even <laughs> hey, I'm obsessed with you and I just want a picture. You're like, no, no. I need you to help me. I want to be a VJ and I need an interview with you. That's true. I did that, and that was my kind Who of does that. Okay, but I'll tell you something. People that that I did it that. Happened. I'm That's not a saying, fact. You 100%. Know this story? No, Audience? they don't. They don't know this They're gonna story. Get, you better get to hear that. 
Well, come to listen to her on my podcast. That's true. So Kathy's podcast is called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And I talk all about my breakthrough moment of how I kind of felt like that was my moment that gave me the self-confidence and self-esteem. At that age when people are not even comfortable in their skin to like go to high school, you're like, Keanu, look, come here. (laughs) Call me tomorrow. (laughs) Um, She's not lying. And this is what happened. Then come, come to my house. We'll hang. And then, it, and then it actually happened. I know. Well, my mom made him lunch. That's we made a demo tape. Of, and I sent it in. Now, the moral of that story is I didn't get the job with Much Music, which is like the equivalent of an MTV in, in the US, but I was the runner-up. And, but what it did for me was uh, it gave me that huge. confidence to like feel like if you just kind of, if you're determined and you want something bad enough, right. you should go and have that tenacity to go for it. Now, amazing. good question for you is, what was your breakthrough moment? What was your Keanu moment, oh so to speak, that made you turn the corner? That is such a good question. I've had so many of those okay. kinds of moments. Like I remember when I was starting out in the music industry, and I'm like, how am I going to get my music to actually be heard right like by by a person who actually could do something with it and my friend alex benayan who you probably are gonna oh, have on right. soon he wrote a book called the third door and he's like there is always 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 a third door there's that first door which is like the 405 which is jam-packed don't take that road go around it absolutely right? there's always another way in don't stand in the line at the club and go i guess we're not getting in Dude, go make friends with the guy who's like working over there and go talk to so find a way in. So I always knew that and I've I've done that at every point in my career. So when the music, when it first one of the first moments was, okay, first of all, I'm gonna pick up the phone. No one does that anymore. It's like pick up the phone. Oh my God. So I was calling Ogilvy, McCann, Sachi and Sachi, 72, calling ad agencies. People were like, who are you calling? What are you saying? And I'm like, it's okay. You can be a human being, right? And you can have, you can, you can assume this, like, be a friend, be casual. You know what people want more than anything in the world? Enthusiasm. When a person <laughs> is enthusiastic and vulnerable and excited about something, that's all you need. You don't need six college degrees. You don't need to have written a book. Just like, that's what you did that day with him. You're like, listen, I'm so passionate about this, getting this part. I want to do this. And that vulnerability to be able to do that. And he then says like, cool, another human being who just shows up. 99% is that showing up. So I kept feeling like I got to show up and I got to find different ways to show up. I remember one time I made this thing called Mochas and Music, which was like, I'm not good at graphic design. I don't know anything about it. I just went on to the computer and I made this thing and it was like a picture of a girl playing a guitar, like a little cartoon girl. And then I put a plus sign and then I put a picture of a Starbucks Frappuccino and I was like, step one, what's your favorite Starbucks drink? Step two, tell me a date and time to drop it off in your office. Step three, I'll, I'll show up and leave you caffeinated with some music. That's it. So I sent it out. It was this brilliant. Little PDF. It was, it was Love like it. so That's scrappy, amazing. like so scrappy. Yes. Sent it out to like 65 or so people. How did I find them? Because you, you Google it. You find it. We have the internet. It's the best time ever to be alive. It's like they didn't Absolutely. have this in 1974. It's analog. So I find email addresses, send it out. A bunch of people don't respond. Some people are like, no. And then like 27 people were like, sure, a mocha frappuccino. And I'm like, cool. Does your assistant want something? Yeah, that's really nice. Definitely. Get her a vanilla latte. Cool. So I show up. What does it cost me? $10? walk in and I was really empathetic. I didn't walk in assuming I'm going to have like a 16 hour meeting. I was like, what's up? I told you to bring coffee. So cool of you to have me. 
Here's your coffee. Here's some music. Oh, by the way, is that your kid? Cute kid. I'm going to go. You know, just be a human. Right. People were like, sit down. So some people had me sit for five minutes. Some people had me sit for 45 minutes. We just chatted. I became friendly with these people. And then the music was ready because I had worked my butt off on trying to figure out what they actually needed. Um, and that's a big breakthrough too because the the difference between a hobby and a business, I had Seth Godin on my show. He said the difference between a hobby and a business, radical empathy, right? If anything's going to be successful and you want someone else to pay you for your thing, you should care about them, right? Absolutely. What is I, Apple yes. doing all day long? They're thinking about you. Who's walking in? What do you eat? What do you like? What color? What makes you feel good? What do you need? Empathy. We live in an empathy deficit. And I think that that empathy... I think being able to communicate with humans, you're so good at that. Let's go back to that moment with him. That's what that is. It's like, hey, I'm Jen. What's up? What is that? The breakthrough, the miracle is you knowing that you're worthy to say hello to him. Because who the hell is he? He's another human being, right? Like when you strip back who we are and you go back, right? Before you had hands and feet and a brain, what were you when you were conceived? You're just this life force. You're just this flash of abundant energy. Like I was just listening to Deepak Chopra, who I just talked to yesterday about being on the show. And he was saying, he goes, when you close your eyes and you think of a forest, it's just abundance, right? You would close your eyes, you think of like creatures, just like oh, the, the moss and the dew and the ladybug and the dragonflies. There's so much in there. He goes, then you close your eyes, think about an ocean. It's so abundant. It's just water for miles deep, Sideways, this way, that way. And what's it? What's the sea life look like? Oh my God, it's just like gushing with abundance. Because then you close your eyes and you think about yourself. What's inside of you? So much abundance. Love, compassion, passion, energy, enthusiasm. That's it. That's your value. Cash in on that. Like that's the stuff. See, right? what, yeah, but what you're, see how you do that's it though. It. It's like you said, it's number one, it's having a personal touch, right? Like you figure out a way to connect to someone beyond just a text message or an email that really kind of sits and resonates. What you're great at and what you just said, it's infectious because of how you do it. Like the way you just explained this whole thing to me. We all have that. I'm saying that's what you, when there's a crowd of people scramming to get to him, because that's how you put, you were like, we're outside of this concert. Or your thing. It's always like that, right? There's all this noise. But when somebody is planted in their skin, and I'm not perfect, and it's okay, and I don't have shame around it, I'm going to bring all parts of myself to tea in the morning. My meditation teacher, she's like, when you have tea in the morning, invite all parts of you. Invite your self-destructive part. Invite your broken part. Guess what? Your messiness, that's your message to the world. The only way you help someone is because you've been down there and now you can bring them out. We've talked about that. Yes, the stuff we have. we've gone through in our lives is a little bit similar. That's actually a gift for me. You know, Tony Robbins was, I heard him the other day. He was like, there's no straight lines in nature. Nothing. There's nothing like that. Everything has edges and curves and jagged. That's good. That's what helps you actually fit and do your thing. So it's that. When you, that's the miracle. That's the miracle of your life. That's your breakthrough is I'm worthy and then I can actually show up. So then when I'm in a sea of people and they're all clamoring for this guy and I'm like, <laughs> Keanu, and I'm here, right? I'm not like uh, proving myself. I'm not masking it up. I don't have it all together. I'm just Jen. He's that. Who's that? 
Right? Right. No, I get you. People are dying. You could walk into Warren Buffett's office. He could be having the busiest day in his life. If you take your seat at the table and you have vulnerability and you're present, there's presence, and you are enthusiastic and you have something to say to him, he's going to listen. He's going to go get this guy a job. Get him a chair. Let's go. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's ready for that at all times. And That's the rarest thing. I agree with you. And I think that, but you have... um, you have that in leaps and you have something within you in leaps and bounds that obviously resonates and it's infectious because of the way you just described that. Most, not mo- some people, don't have that ability to be that passionate about what they want. Some people are like they know what they want, kind of, but they have they don't have a natural, innate way to kind of figure out how to do it. So I guess my question to you is, how would you tell somebody who's not quite sure how to do it or like? How do they find it within themselves? Yeah, it's a really good question. See, the thing is, there's like an ocean. There's an ocean you have to cross, and it's actually an illusion. You know, like, you, mm-hmm. like it's not even there. But that, the ocean is all the crap that you've been told or taught, and it's all an illusion. Like, it's, you, you grow up, and there's like the days of wet cement, right, where like, you you know, wet cement, you put your finger in it, it stays there, it's an imprint. So when we're kids, oftentimes, either someone is telling us something that's not true, but they're indoctrinating. You're not enough. You did it. You know, when you grow up, you're going to have to settle or mm-hmm. your dreams don't come true or, you know, uh, working hard. Yeah, it's about, um, you know, you have to pay your dues. Let it be easy. Like it's actually the universe, God, it's supposed to be easy. But we make it hard because there's so much resistance to the self mm-hmm. and to the hunches and to the whispers. You follow the whisper and know it's enough and just go with it. And you're not worried about it failing and falling on its face. That's the thing. It's all True. a process of exploration. When we had Angela Duckworth on the podcast, she talked about how your thing, whatever your thing is, she goes, you don't discover it. You develop it. Have you ever walked into a preschool and seen a three-year-old who's not messy? Oh, they're all messy. Yeah, they're all messy. You and I don't know. How many things have I done that just fell on their face? I don't even remember. I'm on to the next thing. I'm like, let's keep going. Who cares? It's part of the discovery process. So that's about letting go of the shame. So that's what it is. There's so much we fill ourselves with. There's just so much shame. I don't have it together. I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. People are taking antidepressants left and right. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's just so much of that in there. So that's what we have to acknowledge and say, first of all, could I maybe dip my pinky toe into meditating a little so that I can notice this swirling storm? That's not myself. It's like, you're not your thoughts. Thoughts aren't facts. We all have, what, 70,000 thoughts a day? I just heard Eckhart Tolle say something like 98% of your thoughts, you've had them every day and they're garbage. They're like useless. So what we have to do is we have to find a little way to get into here, which then distances you from the thoughts and you see them pass through the mind like clouds. The clouds, storm clouds, they pass. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have a yucky feeling, sit with it. Okay, let it in, acknowledge it, and then it will pass. It'll do its thing, right? So this is where we get stuck. It's like we constantly are resisting all this stuff that's going on. So I think that the first thing that has to happen is bring the darkness into the light acknowledge it. Instead of saying like, I'm great. I'm good. I'm going to go on Facebook. I'm going to go on Instagram. I'm perfect. Stop proving. How about the vulnerability of like, Mm -hmm. I don't have it all together. Dear world, I'm anxious sometimes, 
boom, now you're at number one. Well, absolutely. Everyone's in on that. Do you know what I mean? There, let it be easy. There's no, that isn't, that, even that big illusion, that mess of illusions that you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to sort through and tease out and you will get better at like stopping believing in those things and you'll start to feel your power and you'll, you'll arrive home to yourself. Great, you'll do that. But in the meantime, even all those like self-doubting thoughts, bring them into the light. Right. And then they don't have any power because everyone goes, me too, same, same. Yeah. So it's all just being made so much harder than it has to be. So do you think that social media is uh, good for that or bad for that? Because I think I think that what social media does is it makes everyone feel less than a lot of times yep, because people are does. only do- posting their most beautiful pictures with the filters right. and their best moments. Right. You know, what I see what you do, you give people inspirational messages that are not like, it's okay to be okay. It's okay, it's okay, okay not, not to be, be okay. okay or to right. be not to be right. okay. And I think there are people who are doing it now. Maybe, what do you think? Like, what's your idea of all this? Well, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that it can't, look, it's a tool. It's powerful. You know, mm-hmm. in 1987, I didn't know what the no. person next door to me was doing, <laughs> let alone the person seven houses away. Now I can find out what everybody's doing in a second. And it's not real because most people are going to post like, I had the perfect lunch. I had the perfect day. Right. I have sex every night. I look great. Look at my lips. It's like yeah. you're using a filter. <laughs> you know, every <laughs> exactly. so, right? Yes, so exactly. what happens is then everyone's comparing themselves. And meanwhile, you're comparing yourself to something that doesn't even exist. So that's a problem. And then what happens is we, we compare Awful. our behind the scenes messy life to this person's perfect life. And this per- and then we think we get this like false sense of reality like wait, why would I even try? Cuz this person's doing it and she's brilliant or perfect. I'm not that like that. It's like no, cuz you're not seeing the real the reality of it, right? So that is a big problem. At the same time, what if we used that platform? What if we used our space in that landscape to shine a big light on the imperfections? Now, oh my god, here's the thing. Again, going back to what I was saying before about walking into that moment with Keanu or me walking into those agencies or how I showed up in the podcast space, it doesn't take much to stand out if you're willing to drop the shame and tell the truth. Right. That's when it's like, oh, Kath, I'm just, I'm like, I'm not saying anything. I'm not doing any, all I'm doing is telling the truth. It's like, I'll post something sometimes, sometimes on Instagram. I'll be like, so anxious right now. I'm so overwhelmed. I just want to like put on fuzzy socks and watch Netflix. And everyone's like, same. I'm like, of course. Right. Like, I can't believe this. I'm crying. I'm like, what are you crying from? I'm crying because I just want to meet another person. I'm in a storm. It's hard to be an adult. It's hard to be a human being. We're mortal. We know that. There's loss. We want so much to have meaning in our life. We want purpose. We have to overcome all the self-doubt. We have crap in our family past. We have so much on our plate. It's like you just want someone once in a while to show up and be like, I see you. I know how hard this is. We're all in this. There's no, like, when my grandmother passed away, my husband said, like, we were both crying. And he lost his dad when he was a kid. So he, he feels grief in, like, a deeper way. And so I looked at him and, I, you know, I said to him, you've known this story since you're a kid that people die. He goes, yeah. He goes, the one nice part of it is that, like, no one gets out of this alive. Like, there's no island where someone goes, oh, yeah, I got around that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, there's a way out of that. And, you know, <laughs> it's just you two. And you're the one. He's like, we're all in that. There's, like, a humanity. Same thing with the struggle of, like, within a day, let alone a week, everyone's feeling everything. Mm-hmm. You feel overwhelmed sometimes. You feel scared. You feel anxious. Why are we not talking about that? Why can't we talk about that? That's why Brene Brown, like, shot up like a rocket just for saying, like, hey, 
I don't always feel great, you know? And is that okay? Yeah, there's actually so much strength in that. That's what I'm saying. We have to let it be easy. Absolutely. It's easier than we make it. Just show up and be yourself and it's enough. And then what you, what do you do then? You give other people permission to be themselves and they're like, thank God you showed up because now I can be me and we can all stop trying to put on the perfect hair and the purpose like we're doing our best right you know that's it absolutely and i think it's live it is fear-based people are scared to be their authentic self and yeah. because of that then all these other problems come to be but with you okay so you had this so you basically that was your breakthrough moment i, I got you and then how you kind of pivoted into the space like you did you had a very successful career you I, did. Right, I you broke were. Through, that was my breakthrough into in advertising and TV and film. So that year I got like 27 placements. Every one of those pers- people gave me a spot on a TV show. I remember You got I, all of them? All of them. All of them. All of them. Holy crap. But we're talking about five years before that of being dropped from two record labels. Um, Interscope dropped me. Atlantic Records dropped me. I went and got like a real job, wore a pantsuit, and did all that. that, 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 that. <laughs> you did? Oh, I can't even imagine you oh, doing that. Seriously? What was I doing? Yeah, Where were you horrible. working? I was working in Brentwood for a guy who my sister met while she was uh, at the Cheesecake Factory, and he was like, "I need someone to work in my commercial real estate oh office." My God, I can't even imagine. And you know what? But that was so good for me because I was working around people who literally woke up every day for money, mm-hmm. and I realized how much that sucks. Like, I just didn't want to, like, make money. Right. I want to make something. Right, And right, then right. make money as a result of adding value. So, but that, but I made money, was able to then save money to go and, you know, work on music stuff and write music full time, which was really smart and cool. And I knew that. I was like, oh, I'm going to let this day job be my investor. And I'm going to do this day job while figuring out a way to do the music DIY. Because mm. I was dropped from the label. We've talked about this. People, uh, yeah. people often think you need to be part of a machine. You need to be hooked That's into exactly NBC. You got to be that. hooked into Atlantic Records. It's like, we live in the best time ever. You got Wi-Fi, you're good. Go make stuff. Stop waiting and make something. So Absolutely. that job actually helped me a lot. And I learned how to, you know, when you're working in commercial real estate, everybody is like, no one's afraid to pick up the phone, have a conversation. And anyway, I learned a lot from that. But um, yeah, I did that. Then I broke through with the music thing. But you're resilient. So what you did was you got dropped. And that happens all the time, by oh the my way. God. People get all the time. It, especially, this is like, that's what I'm saying. In that business, it is extremely competitive and cutthroat. And you could have a great contract with a great label. And then next thing you know, they don't do course, anything with you. It's a business. And you're shelved. Exactly. It's, it's a, a business, business like everything else. Yeah, they but have you, to know they're going to sell records. Right. But the funny thing is, though, not okay, so you're resilient. But your record, like your music, is really catchy, and it did Thanks. well. Well, wound up doing well in even without the TV label and film, and that's what I wound up getting back into after I quit my job and then started working on that full time. And I was using my cold calling skills. Everything you always look back in your life and you see how everything actually helps yes. you. You know, like I was editor of my college paper at the time. I wanted to like reach out to people on campus and uplift them, and it helped me learn how to write. And so that I look back and I'm like that experience was helpful. Um, and I was a C student, and like that helped me really find my way. Also, was just like taking that job on, and that you're I very. You're, you're. I'm not to interrupt you, but you're very high in your emotional intelligence because so no, it's true that and that therapy a long time. But what maybe maybe that's helped. Spends but, a lot of money on it. But you know what? It's obviously helped you. Because, it helped me. Yeah. But I, but I think though you have a very high EQ, and that is what you said. I agree with also earlier, which is 
you could have 100 degrees, but if you don't have a high EQ and you can't figure, you can't be resilient and resourceful and right. connect to people in a real, real way that's authentic, it doesn't matter how and much And everybody you have. can do that. We have to start spending time giving ourselves permission and showing up for ourselves and getting a little quiet, which is why I really, I mean, people brush their teeth twice a day. People should be meditating twice a day, even five minutes. Like there's so many easy ways to do it on your phone, on an app. It's so easy. Is that to do. your thing now? Yeah, that, I mean, I started that in 2007 oh, at the wow. UCLA Mindful Awareness Research Center. That's a long story, but that really, that was like a control-alt-delete on my life in a lot of ways. That really? Yeah. And you're still, so how much are you doing it now? I try to do that every day. For how long at a time? Even if it's 10 minutes, sometimes I can do 30 minutes. Sometimes I can do it in the evening also. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld meditates twice a day. Ellen meditates twice a day. Phil Jackson had the Lakers meditating every day. Can I tell you something? I am like obviously very new at this whole podcast thing, but I will tell you almost every single person I've had on has said that they're, they have meditation as part of their daily practice of habits and rituals. Because you wake up, you grab the phone. 100%. And now you're in. And it's like, and it's like, we need to get a little space to figure out like, what do I really want to lean into? What am I going to intentionally sort of work on and what what's really me and what's these thoughts and where do where where do I stop and those thoughts begin and which ones are true and which ones aren't I mean and and after a while you notice the garbage and you go oh okay there's that thing again okay and you just don't you don't react as strongly also it lets you feel sad if you want to feel sad and then it kind of passes rather than like avoiding your sadness all day long and then taking it out in like destructive ways or trying to self-medicate by not you know noticing that you're right, just right, feeling right. overwhelmed so yeah, I do think that that's really helpful. But for me, I wound up going back and then the breakthrough was the, the, the music thing. I started making a few hundred thousand dollars a year licensing my music. And then after a little while, I just knew. And again, I love this. I love teaching this message that like, there's so much more to us than one thing. Look at you. You've written books. You've been done. You've done TV. You've done speaking. You now do a podcast. There's and who knows, right? Listen like you, I'm gonna have you on every so podcast. So much bigger. Bring my ego. This one, I'm telling you. No, but you. like you're, and it's like what we don't do is we. I think we want so much to be known. We don't like the unknown, and we want to control. We want our brain, our mind, our ego wants to label things. Mm -hmm. So we're like, who am I? I'm Jen. I do fitness. It's like Jen has a lot more to her. You know, you're gonna wind up being a mom. You're gonna wind up writing books. You're gonna wind up motivating people to be high achievers. There's so much. So for me, after doing music for a while, now, God, I love you. <laughs> I, it's true though, and it's so true. Yeah. So, um, and I love that you let it in. That's why when you say I love you, that's the part of you that's going, yeah. You're well, because right. I love you because a you're so infectious and you are so inspirational and aspirational. And I'll tell you because we'll get to your thing right now because I'm only here doing this podcast because of you. Yes, you know that, and you know this because we were having breakfast. And you're, I was telling you about I didn't this show. I completely know that. I kind of know it. Oh, well, you're like. I, mean, I, I thought maybe it was a piece, not like a whole. It, well, no, 100%. I love this. Okay, 100%. Because you have so much to give, and it's just like another avenue. I mean, you're already giving a ton. It's another avenue. Now, listen, I appreciate everything you're saying. And I was saying to you, I, I was draining you a cup, which means like I was like basically like. Oh my like, gosh, you're speaking Yiddish. I am speaking I Yiddish. I love it, of course. Well, you know what I mean? Because I was like going on and on about how this show didn't work and how this and what do I do? I, you remember, I wanted to create this whole thing about um, habits and rituals and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, what are you waiting for all these other big corporate people to like help you do it? Why don't you just do it yourself? You, you, you have the power within you. If oh anyone can God. do it. What you just said, everybody, it's like everyone's waiting for the wizard yes. to come along, right? 
And they're going to give you the whole thing. Clive Davis is going to meet you. You're going to sing in the back Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. You're singing in the back of that church choir, and he's going to be like, I'll make you stock, <laughs> kid. I'll put your pictures. So it's like, it's done. Like, that's not happening. But what is happening Absolutely. is you can get busy making things. And if you get to be that squeaky wheel and you keep trying things, I promise you will be led to the way that you can serve the world, especially if you do that. What I was talking about, what Angela Duckworth said in her book, Grit, and she was on my podcast and talked, I thought, loved it. She's I like, love that. just develop it. You know, when scientists go in the lab, they don't have, you know what? You don't set yourself up for defeat by saying, I'm going to do this one thing, and mm -hmm. if this doesn't work, I'm done. You're already done. You may as well not do anything, right? Because right? right. it's like, that's not life. That's not how it works. I went through 15 rounds of fertility treatment. I have three kids, so do the math. How many miscarriages? How much Absolutely. garbage? How many hormones? How many months of like feeling like I was a raving lunatic? A lot. Also, in that yeah. experience of going through fertility treatment... I saw what a miracle it is, not just to get pregnant. A lot of people can get pregnant. Sarah Silverman has a great joke. She was like, well, I was thinking about having kids, and I realized the best time to get pregnant is when you're a teenager. <laughs> it's true. She said, no. So the point is, it's not always that hard yeah. to get pregnant for everyone, but the miracle, the lottery is that it's you that becomes the person because the amount of potential humans that can be created. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, inf it's not infinite, but I think it's one in 400 trillion that you, it decided to be you out of all the, the DNA that was swimming around in that moment. How crazy is that? I love that you have all these stats on top of it. Well, one in 400 trillion, it's like that might maybe make you think like there might be a reason, you no, know? absolutely. So I feel like the fact that we're here, yeah, it's like we got to get busy making stuff. And we live in a time like no other. Like as long as you have running water and some Wi-Fi. Yeah. You're good to go, basically. Like I have a friend recently who's like, Kath, I want to sell a show to a network. I'm like, what's your show? And she, you know, she shows me the show. I'm like, no. Like you live in a time where it's so easy to prove a concept that if you haven't proved the concept, why are they going in on that? Yeah. So like, true. Go out and prove it. You don't need them. Go to a, get to a place where you put it on YouTube, you put it on Instagram, you put it on IGTV, you put it on Facebook Watch, and you now have this many people. Now go to them. And then why do you need them now? Why do you need them? Like, right. they're going to come after you. But I don't even get it. It's because, we're, again, where everyone's, I think there's a fear factor here, right? People are scared to kind of push through and, and do something on yeah. their own. That's I mean, I is. had it. That's why I was sitting with you being like, I don't know. What do I do about this show? Da, da, da. And you're... You, but you inspired me to be like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? You have the power within you. Yeah. And but you're very good at that. Like, that's the thing. I think that at the end of the day, <clears throat> people have to just like try and be okay with, with not maybe succeeding the first time. Right. And just knowing that they have the power within them. So what I want, okay, so explain with there's you. There's room for everybody's light too. I think that's, I think people think there's no room. It's like, right. there's already a thousand blogs on this topic. There's already a million podcasts a week. So what? A hundred percent. Because every, there's seven and a half billion people on the planet. How many people have you met in your life? How many, thousands. But that's what I said How to you. How many people do I actually want to have over for dinner? You and like four other people. Oh, thank you. I so mean, like, my point is like, there's people that are your people. There's going to be a podcast. You're going to be like, I like that. This is a similar message to this podcast. But for some reason, I don't like this girl. But I like this guy. But that's what I said to you about your podcast, right? But right, the, everyone, there's but the, some people who are like, she's not my flavor. It's like, great. Okay. But the question then is like, how... Do you? I mean, things are cluttered. I and you have to kind of, kind of push past that within yourself and feel like you can make a difference and you have the power within you to kind of create. But then there is the re, like 
reality, which is, okay, now you have a lot of competition to stand out. So if you are someone who's authentic and if you are someone who has something to say, right. then what? Like you're a perfect example. So let's talk, if, about it. let's talk about it. How do you stand out? How do you, st- who, you just okay. said it. How so, do you stand so out, first Kathy? Of all, so first of all, um, going back to that like radical empathy, that, that's huge. How many people, if we really go back and now think about what you're hearing or what, you're, what content you're absorbing, how much of it do you really feel is like somebody who's like worked really hard to like curate a perfect persona and how many of those people are, you really feel them, right? Very few. Very few. So why is Oprah Oprah? Because she's cried on almost every episode, right? right. Like she's like, hi. Here I am. Like, here I am. When she's excited, she's excited. When she's sad, she's just not coming out of her nose. And there's something about that. People are like, oh, okay, that's me. So recently I heard, you know, JP Sears, you know, he does those like yoga videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. But I heard him on an interview. It was so interesting. Somebody said to him, what makes something go viral? And he was quoting all these statistics and he was saying something about how what makes something go viral, it's not how informative the video is or the blog. It's not how entertaining it is. It's how much you're reflecting the feelings and thoughts of the people who are watching or reading Mm. in that. When we see ourselves reflected back, we're in, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's where when we can let those things be a part of the, the conversation and the discussion, that's where things start to really heat up and you start to stand out. That's so good. Because now you're separating yourself from everybody else. One thing I love about Apple is that the culture there, it's not about people who think that they're in the coolest, you know, Mm -hmm. place in the world. They're actually, they're hiring people who very much, the culture is very much about, uh, we're, we're the same, we're equal. Mm -hmm. So it's not a pretentious culture, which is cool. That's good to know. So I really loved the people who I connected with and we just connected and we stayed connected. And I was very respectful of that relationship. I didn't just like send them every episode, you know, and I was like, what, what would I send them that? And, and I think I had to grow, you know, and so certain episodes they featured, which helped a lot. And they just featured us as the number one podcast of 2019, which was unbelievable. Amazing. Uh, it's amazing is an understatement, my dear. I know it's amazing. I mean, when it, when it ha- I showed my husband when it like was on the uh, podcast homepage and my husband's like, it's cool. I was like, it's not cool. It's like winning the Kentucky Derby it's, podcast. It's like, it's it's like getting. It's so validating, and I feel so grateful for the opportunity. I mean, I get emails from people who are like, yeah, you're, what you're doing is literally making a difference in my life. So good. That's what I want to do. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that is beyond a feat. I mean, it, like you said, it's like it's more than winning the Kentucky Derby, because how many podcasts are there? I would say there's. How many? Hundreds of thousands? I think now? there's a million a week okay. uploaded. A million uploaded a week. A million. And like you were number one. Do you understand? Number one. It's amazing. It's beyond. And but that just is, is just a testament. I started to who in you my are. closet. I I know. With nothing. When I no network. I mean nothing. When I came to when I did your podcast, remember oh, you're yeah. like you threw even that and that was like, by the way, that was only like, let's say what, six, seven months ago. So you were already at like the tippy top of that. You literally threw me a microphone. You're like, hey, sit down over here and let's just do it. Like it was super like just who you are. You're like barefoot in your house. And I was like, "Uh, okay. And I sit down and I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, 
But like, that's you. You're being you. Because it's the conversation. It's the conversation. I feel like people spend so much time and energy I on know, the bells it's so and true. whistles. It's like, just get to what's actually it's important. You can, so you can. You can get your laptop, plug in a microphone, sit in your closet, and you can make something amazing. Just if you can just let go of the shame, like, and just talk and just tell the truth and just know that people just are going to support you in this world. Or hope to, you know, but I mean. Oh my God, people work so hard to earn love and to earn respect. It's like, you could actually just, you know, be yourself. And it's amazing how other people will be like, thank God, you know, I'm like that. Thanks. Thanks for being someone who has the bravery. It's like such bravery to say that you're anxious. Like, we're all freaking anxious. Who's, how are we not talking about that every day? How is every conversation not a little well, bit talking about that? Well, especially someone, I mean, like you, like me, we have, we have like a family, we've got kids, we have so many things we have to balance. It's really hard not to be anxious when- and you live in a time where there's like this pressure, you know, especially for women, where now, you know, after women's live in the place that we're in, it's sort of like, of course you're going to be able to make seven figures and be a great mom and eat organic God. and be mindful. You can do it all. <laughs> it's like- how about you can do it all and then you can have a nervous breakdown? Like you, of course you can do it all. Of course you can, you can do it, but could you happily, respectfully, healthy in a way that you can actually be happy? No. So let's talk about how difficult it is to balance all that. And for women who are breadwinners and all, I mean, there's so much on our, our plate, right? At the same time, you're still a human being just like, you want your husband to tell you look pretty every day. Like, there's just a lot going right, on. Right, right, you know? exactly. No, I think that's, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, how, how much time, though, because of this? Like, first of all, I should, actually, I want to ask you something else. Now that you have a successful podcast, you have a successful music career, we didn't even talk about how now you're helping, all, well, you've been helping all these artists who are talented but don't have a way in. Right, been helping right? them. Do you want to first talk about that, or can I, that's yeah, just, talk? Whatever. No, I mean, that's just a, one thing I've been doing is helping songwriters find a way in. And so I started a course. I started that when I was pregnant with my third daughter. She's now two and a half. And I didn't know what I was doing. But I was like doing all these workshops for songwriters. I was speaking at the Billboard Film and TV conference. And I was in a few big magazines. And so I was getting, you know, Variety did a full page story on my music career. And the, the title was like writing her own check. And Billboard did a story. And it was like, you know, she's the guru of this and whatever. So people started reaching out. And I did a few people's podcasts before I had a podcast. And artists were saying, could you help me? Can you help me get my music in? Um, and so I started a course. And I was pregnant. And my kids were home that summer. And I was tired. And I woke up early. And I was like, let's just see if I could put something together so that I could connect with people all over the world. And I go live just for my course a couple times a month. And I hired a team to help me. And the course made, you know, seven figures, which was great. But yes, 30% of those students... Uh, started getting licenses, you know, BMW, Lowe's, Lexus, Coors Light, uh, Starbucks, a bunch of TV stuff. It's just been so cool. And then we have all these beautiful testimonials, people saying, like, this wasn't just a course. Like, this actually changed me. And because of them, I want to give them credit because one of the girls in the course was the girl who said, Amy Loftus, she's like, you should start a podcast. And if it wasn't for that course, I wouldn't have started the podcast. And every single thing leads you, everything leads you to the next thing. And that's why you don't know. It's sort of like saying to yourself every day, you got a, one question. It's like, how am I going to serve? What value do I have? So we have so much value. You've got so many arrows and so many quivers. There's so much here. There's a treasure trove. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a matter of waking up and just being like, let me try this. You never know which, I didn't even know what a podcast was 10 years ago. And if you asked me 15 years ago what I wanted to do with my life, I would have said, I want to sing. I want to tour the country. I want to be like Sheryl Crow. And I wouldn't, I would have had blinders. And Jenna Fisher, when she was on the podcast, she said something so smart because she's obviously an actress and her husband is a writer director. Mm. And she's like, you know, we both came out here on the same time and I was, you know, she goes, look, I fought my, you know, I fought and I worked and I got to where I am. And it wasn't an overnight thing, but it happened for her within like six years. She got to play Pam on The Office and her whole life changed, but she worked for that. She goes, my husband, he comes out here and he went to a great acting conservatory. She's like, it just wasn't happening. And she said, I respect so much that at some point, one of his friends said, we need someone to write a short film. And he decided he'd write it. And then he got a lot of good praise. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say, I'm an actor. My ego can't handle that. He was like, let's do this. And then he started to become a successful writer-director. And she's like, and that takes trusting that your work, it will find its way out. But sometimes this isn't your work. Like I was sitting at Sunset Sounds with Ron Fair watching Lady Gaga record paparazzi when I was signed to Interscope. Oh, wow. And I knew it wasn't my place. I was like, I don't have these chops. I don't. I write good songs. They're good. They're sweet. There's a lot, you know, like there's room for them, but they're not like, I was like, it's not my work. Like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I knew it. And I was like, felt like such a fraud and my heart would race. Really? Every, yeah, well, he took me to the Ivy one night and I'm sitting with him and I'm like, it's not me. Like I, I, like, I knew filling up those stadiums and then there were some comments. Oh, wow. You were so talented and you had because the chops to I already you write millions knew, of songs. Because I, 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 I knew there was like Kathy who has confidence and we're talking self-doubt. And then there's where it's not self-doubt. It's like a knowing because we were having conversations about like, where the vocals had to get to and the coaching and the training I had to do for that and the stamina and I had to work on my like live act and like just, and I was like, I get it. I get it. And I just knew, I just sort of knew. And I also then felt, I knew why I really wanted to be on that stage. I really wanted to do this. I didn't know how to say it, but I want, when I graduated from college, I was like, I want to be a minister. I mean, I'm a Jewish girl, so that probably wouldn't have worked out. I wanted to do a rabbi. I wanted to do something like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that looked like when I wrote for the school paper. So when I started saying I want to be a pop star, it was because I didn't know any other way to tour the world and spread a message. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else modeled. And so then I'm sitting there and I'm going, she's incredible. I was like, this is her. Like, oh my God. And he was like, yeah, you know, for years she's been sitting here as a writer for other people. That's what she was doing, Mm -hmm. apparently. And then finally someone listened to one of her songs. And for years people were like, your songs aren't good enough. And then finally they took a chance on her. But I was like, no, no, she's going to go the dish. She's incredible. And I knew, like, we're just not in the same lane. Like, they're different, different, different. And thank God I got dropped because at the time it sucked. But it led me to this. Right. So So you pivoted. But you always had... Constantly. But you you obviously, like... You, you, you succeed in almost every, not every, listen, you've had success in, the, in writing music, building a business to help others. So it's kind of like a label, more or less. Like it's a, a little bit like a publishing like, company. Right, kind like of. a publishing company. I know. Then you had success, of course, with the podcast. So what's next? Now that this podcast is oh my gosh. such a success for you, so fun. how do you, now what do you pivot to or how do you expand? Yeah, I want to expand it. And this is the thing. Someone said to me the other day, so what's your five-year plan? I'm like, I don't do that. Okay, what's your six-month plan? You know what it is? It's like, it's just a matter of getting in the current and staying in the flow. Mm-hmm. And Momentum? When you're, the, when you're in the flow, oh. you just, things just come, you know, the right things mm-hmm. and you trust that. So you don't put, put blinders on it by saying, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, I heard Oprah talk. I went to 
her Super Soul Sunday taping uh, about a year ago, and she was talking about this book she loves called Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukav. She had him on apparently like 35 times. She did. She, she loves him. He was him. a big, big uh, yeah. guest of hers, yeah. Right. So she says, why do I love that book? She goes, because it was the first time I realized what my path was and what the answer to that question is. What's your goal? What, what's your plan? And she's like, she talks about how in that book, he talks about how there's a mothership, which is God. That's what he says. And then there's all these little ships. And our job is to point our little ship in the direction of that mothership, right? And get in the flow of like how we serve, what our job is to help serve this beautiful universe. And so she goes, and you just point yourself home. You know, that's it. You just point yourself in the direction of home and the right things come. And she's like, and that's when everything changed for me. I was like, I'm just going to point myself in that direction, and I'm just going to serve, and it's going to come. And that's, that's our job, right? Isn't that powerful? It is powerful, but I'm much more like, I'm, where my head goes, I'm like, well, what direction are you going to be pointed? Are you pointing here? Are you pointing there? I think What's you your, check you... in and you ask yourself, like, what really feels like the work I want to lean into? Like, where can I really add value? And sometimes you don't know right away, and so it takes like, trying for things and then you the world is merciful it lets you know it'll be like no it wasn't so like I wrote a book on songwriting in 2013 wrote the whole book pitched it to a bunch of nobody wanted it I was like okay not really yeah and and then I look back I'm like what songwriting like how to to be successful as a songwriter I look back I'm like yeah that's not my thing then I started a podcast in the closet two years ago (laughs) sitting on the floor and within a week, I get an email from this woman. She's like, I work in publishing. You should have a book. And then it was like, easy. And then she came to me, and I signed my book deal. Was that so was then? That's the book that's coming out when, like, next year, right? In, the no- in November. God, why does it take so long? It does take a long, long time. But yeah, it's finally written. It's done. So that woman came to you right when you started your podcast? After the first episode, I get an email. She's like, So Hi. it wasn't even because of the success of the podcast? No. She was like, your voice, what you're saying, this, 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 wow. this, this has to be a book. And it just was so easy. It's like, if it's the right path, it's like picking up this cup. Yeah. And if it's not, it's just, it's just going to, there's going to be resistance. That's amazing. I didn't realize that that was the same. I that know. was it took so freaking long. I wrote it. Then it wasn't good. I had to write it again. Then my editor, she got fired from the company, got a new editor. She was good. She pushed me to be better. Finally finished it. And then, funny enough, Martha Beck. You know Martha Beck? Yeah. Well, hold on. Martha. She's like Oprah's life coach. She has three Harvard degrees. Oh, she wrote a book called yes. Finding Your North Star. She's great. See, I, I know these names because the Oprah. I know. Whenever she's they're great. affiliated with yeah, Oprah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. names are like floating in my head. She's so great. So funny enough, I had gone to see Oprah another time. Only I've only seen her twice. Once was the time I just said at the Super Soul taping. And then another time was 10 years ago. She did this thing called Oprah University and it was up in San Francisco. <laughs> And Susie Orman was there, and Nate Burkus, and Martha Beck, and her. Right. All her uh, favorite. I think Marianne Williamson. I don't know. I think she was there. Oh. And so, yeah, all her favorite people. And she came out at the end, which was amazing. But Martha Beck was there. I remember walking out of the conference and crying, being like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life, but I just feel so... It was amazing. And then 10 years later, you know, you get these photos pop up on your phone, like, here you are mm-hmm. a year ago. Sometimes I have photos from nine years ago. Sometimes I only have photos from three years ago. But whatever it is, on this day, for whatever years I have photos, it shows up on my phone. It's like, these are your photos yeah, yeah, on this yeah. day. So I go to interview Martha Beck, and I'm walking in, and I see photos. Today, last year, today, like two years ago. 
and then there's a big gap. And then there was a picture from today, 10 years earlier, and I was walking out of Martha Beck's talk. And I said to her, I was like, I just realized five minutes ago that a decade ago to the day I heard you speak, cried my eyes out, and now you're on my show. And she wrote a beautiful blurb for the book. And I was like, that is so wild. You know? That like, is wild, actually. You're, yes. you're out there. It's like a jungle. You have no map. Nobody hands you directions and goes, take a left turn, then use this hashtag, then email this person, then write this blog. No, it's just a freaking wild, wild west. But what's amazing is that if you have a vision about what you want to be able to do, and you just have an, uh, some vision, even if it's not the ultimate thing, if you just put your right foot forward and then your left foot and keep walking toward it and don't stop mm -hmm. and keep trying things and don't stop. My friend Susie Moore, she goes, the road to success and failure, it's the same road. <laughs> One's just longer. It's like, how many times you fall on your face? You don't care. Things work out that I'm doing, even though there's a ton of things. Like I had, I had a show at one point that I worked on for two years with Henson, and it was oh, right. mindfulness. That's right. We, we, were, we went to every network. Everyone said no. So there's been lots of things that didn't work. But it's also timing, too, I was going to say. There is timing. There is like Malcolm Gladwell talks about yeah. that. There's like right place, right time, but then like being prepared when you're in the right place and right time. Right. Um, but there is this idea that I do think is like, even when things don't work out, I think the reason why a bunch of things do, it goes back to just like unbridled enthusiasm. Everyone wants to be around that. Mm -hmm. And that comes from knowing that you're freaking enough, even when you feel like you're imperfect, because everyone is, so you go join the party, and being vulnerable. Nothing good has ever happened in the history of humanity without someone being vulnerable. And vulnerability could, doesn't, it doesn't have to be like telling everybody your sadness. It could be sometimes just wanting something or starting a podcast or putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. That's being vulnerable, right? That's like taking a chance. Like people love to sit in the back and hate on people mm -hmm. like you and me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Why don't, you, why don't you come on over here and do it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. do you know what I mean? Like, I love it when people like comment. Mm -hmm. You're there. That's like people like tear Gary Vaynerchuk apart. It's like, tear him apart. Okay. First of all, you're not paying a tax to him. <laughs> it's not like part of your Like, so let him, you can, you can turn it off. Yeah. Why, why hate? You know? I, I agree. And second of all, like that takes tremendous vulnerability for him to put himself out there. And do you remember how he started with his little folding table? He's like, this is Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm no, selling started, wine. He was like, he sitting, a wine? Yeah, he was a yeah, wine started guy. started with a YouTube show. Like, he didn't have a good haircut. He didn't have good clothes. Still he doesn't. He didn't know what to say. Like, that takes vulnerability. That takes vulnerability. So I do think that if people can really get that and they can be vulnerable and they can have that enthusiasm come out of you and know that you're enough, you wouldn't believe what you can create. I absolutely agree with that. And I think, but I, 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 I do agree, but I always hesitate because I feel part of it has to be, um, you have to have the internal uh, desire and tenacity to want to do it, something like that, and that's where I always like struggle. I hate saying yes, yes, Kathy, you're right to any or anybody because I feel like you do need to have that like go get them kind of like yeah. I like stop at nothing attitude. And I don't think you need to be born with it, but I do think you have to curate. That. You have to curate it, and I think I that, and I, and I think yeah, and I think it's like it would be law. It would be. It would be a disservice and not real if I would just be like, yeah, you know, right. You just have to have enthusiasm and you have passion. Yeah, and you go, do have go to do push. It. You're really good at like knowing how to 
in such a it, it, it and there's a fine balance between being assertive and also just being someone someone likes being around mm-hmm. like there's like you, you know you don't want to be like in people's face in and that annoying. kind of way and annoying there there's something to that but you're right i do feel like people think that they will be more productive if they just had more hours or if they you know had a little more time or re- i think that you're right i think that productivity comes from that like state of mind where you're ready to rip it open so i think you have to figure out what's going to push your buttons like for you I think you're naturally a little bit like that. And then also you're working out and that's really good for your mind and really good for endorphins. Um, so you guys should get on Jen's program. I think that, <laughs> that could be one thing that helps you. I think because a lot of times people who work out and athletes, they tend to start to cultivate that in themselves. Um, and what else? It's like, what else? Just like we have an iPhone and everyone knows where your, your mm-hmm. battery percentage is, right? Like, at oh, any yeah, point yeah, in the yeah, day, yeah. you know if you're at 17%, once you're at 9%, your body is literally, you start to actually feel fatigued. You're like, I got to get to a chart. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. feels that anxiety. So, it's so true. we know that about our phones, but we need to know that about ourselves. And I think that just like you said before, where you said most of the people you've had on have a meditation practice. I think that most people who are successful and high achievers, they have a consistent practice in their life to get themselves into that state. And if you have that state, now you can like dive in and get stuff done. And so it's a matter of figuring out just like your iPhone needs that juice, how are you going to plug in? And instead of just hoping you're going to have that state, kind of proactively knowing like you're probably not because something stressful will happen. You haven't been sitting on a a mountain meditating for 17 hours a day. So you need to proactively plan to make that a habit. Absolutely. And I think think that that's part of it. You're right. You said that. Uh, perfectly because I do think and that's why I think people should construct their lives like I have um to like create habits and rituals that kind of like help them with their pitfalls in life right because like if you know you have certain places that you kind of are like flailing or failing with create an environment where you're not going to fail because you can't you can't rely only on willpower or motivation I don't think because those wane after a while. A hundred percent. So create like a path that you can succeed, you know? And if you, like I said, and that's really kind of digging deep and knowing yourself and knowing what you're good at, what you're bad at, and like kind of like making, kind of like making it work within that, you know? Like, yeah. That's what I think. So say don't keep your day job is It's hurt. called don't keep your day job. You're the only person who says it correctly. Everyone says it the other way. <laughs> yeah. Don't keep your day job. Do your life's work. You can find it on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever. And then you can DM me on Instagram. I actually am I'm a freak. Like I literally read and respond to every message. What's your candle? Oh, it's just at Kathy Heller. Kathy.heller. Um, Kathy.heller. Yeah. And then you can find me on Facebook group. We have a really supportive group there. It's really lovely how people go on there. And they're like, this is what I've always wanted to do. And we haven't had any issues with like trolls everyone's just like i'm so proud of you like there's a really supportive community where i encourage you know a lot of facebook they're like don't promote yourself i'm like please talk about what you want to do here and then people come on they're like i've made this you know piece of pottery or i'm opening up a donut shop or it's just really lovely everyone's amazing and that's why that second podcast you're doing should be more than just a second podcast. Am I doing a second podcast? You said the second podcast a week where you're getting people oh, who yes. are users or sorry, listeners. Episodes. Second episode? Yeah, like what, what they, what, how they've like taken information right? that they've learned from your podcast, from your guests, and then implemented it and applied it to their own life and now have success. I think that it's to me so amazing. Is, a, is, is a big thing and that should be exploited more and bigger and do something with it 
you know what I'm saying? Wink, wink. You know, know. what I'm talking about. Cool. All right. Thank you. I love you. Mwah. Bye. So fun. Say bye. Bye, everybody. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.